Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We expected hit home hard in a week where Manchester United took one point away from games against bottom place Sheffield United and Arsenal. It leaves United trailing City at the top of the table by three points with Pep Guardiola's team still holding a game in hand. So welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast with your hosts Harry Robinson and Jack Tate where today we're looking back at two very disappointing results. We'll also give you your regular youth loan and women's roundup. There's loads to talk about there. Ted Mengi is heading out on loan. Jimmy Garner and Heath Chong have switched clubs in January and a 17-year-old scored four goals in the under-23s against Liverpool. Oh, and Ahmad Diallo made his first appearance for United. Jack, Solskjaer was right when he said a draw at Anfield was a good result only if we beat Fulham and Sheffield United. We didn't. We beat Fulham, we lost to Sheffield United and he's still right. And now, apart from the cup victory, which was brilliant, the last couple of weeks at United will be looked back in a different light, a tale of underwhelming performances, big players not stepping up and missed opportunities. And we, we've always sort of made made our living on this podcast as, I think, sort of differently to, to most media, not getting too over overzealous, I guess, in, in analysing short-term things, trying to keep perspective and not going too over the top with, um, you know, swinging from massively negative to massively positive views. But I think... I don't think it's an overstatement to say that this is a really, really, really damaging week in our season and could potentially cost us the chance to be in a serious title race going forward. It's not just that we we only picked up one point out of six in the last two games. It's the type of games that they are and the pattern that it's showing from the last few weeks. We've obviously gone through a patch where we've, we've had a lot of difficult games, obviously playing Liverpool twice. And so I think despite the fact that the performances haven't been great, the results have been okay. And it's one of those periods you sort of get through and you hope that when you do come up against some on paper, easy opposition, you can sort of turn it around and get back to the good form that we were showing. And I think this week is a, 
it's a really damaging and really worrying sign, I think, for the rest of the season because in two types of games against, you know, a traditional big six team and against a, a lower league side, we we couldn't perform well in either of them. And I think when you when you take that into account that now the the view that you then take of say the Fulham game, even the cut win against Liverpool, the nil nil at Anfield, suddenly goes from oh we did okay there to pick up a result to actually the signs for these bad results were there all along, if we're honest with ourselves. And if these bad performances keep being put in, then this is these results are going to keep keep coming from every week. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that even though we've been winning, we've I guess since the Leicester Boxing Day game that there have there's been some doubts about whether it, it we've been good enough to continue, and I think we've spoken about that. And yeah. I, I guess these results are the, the uh, that coming to fruition. But it's also again. I mean, I've spoken a lot about fine margins this season. Perhaps it's silly to point out because football is obviously a game of fine margins. When Alexander Lacazette hits the post, or 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 Wambasaka heads wide, or, or or lots of things, or McTominay gets a stomach injury, all sorts of things, just in the Arsenal game. But so maybe it's silly to keep bringing it up. But the draw at Anfield could have so easily been been a victory yeah. the draw of the Emirates could have so easily been a victory the win against Liverpool in the FA Cup could have so easily been a defeat even the Sheffield United game could have could have gone very differently with just a, a couple of very very fine margins going going our way and so I, I, the, the problem is that being a team reliant on those fine margins going your way is not you can't win a title like that, but you have to be good enough as kind of Manchester City are to win on those days where the fire margins don't go in your direction. And at Anfield, um, at the Emirates, at home to Sheffield United, we saw that we're not a team good enough yet to do that. Yeah, I think I think it's a lesson that ultimately sort of averages kind of catch up with you that if our average performance is sort of one goal yeah. win, then you know that that's great, but like you said, if that means that means that in that case, if a few things don't go your way, whether it's an injury, whether it's you know, a goalkeeper having a great day, whether it's one mistake at the back, whether it's a few missed chances, whatever it might be, if your if your cushion is only one goal, then you leave yourself almost no room to sort of manoeuvre if things don't go your way. Yeah, and I, I think City actually are the perfect example of that. Not quite so much this season although they look to be getting to that point now but especially in the last few years like they every single time they went out their their margin their cushion over a team wasn't just one goal it was three or four so if, even if teams got all the luck in the world they, they'd they still be all right sure maybe the other team would score two goals but C would be still be winning three two four two I think that that's sort of the difference is that it, even when you look back at our results I remember doing this last week I didn't mention it on the podcast but so looking back through our results, it is remarkable how many of them have been by one goal throughout the entire yeah. season. I think off the top of my head, we, we beat Everton 2-0, we beat Leeds 6-2. There haven't been many results other than that that have been by more than one goal. And yeah. that, is a, that is a big sign that, you know, even though it's, a, it, it's good in that you might be you know, creating a winning, winning mentality, you're sort of pulling it out when you need to, you're maybe closing out games well, it's difficult to sustain a run like that because pure random variation will eventually catch up with you and mean that you have some results like this. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Considering the league fixtures now, we beat Newcastle 4-1. We beat Everton 3-1. And I think we beat West Ham 3-1. Apart from that and the Leeds game, those are the only times we've won by more than one goal in the league. I, th- I think the strange thing about us now is if, if we think back to a project restart and last season, you always felt United were a team capable of battering someone but incapable of putting together a good run. And it's almost as if the opposite is true now, that we've become much better mentally. We've become more consistent. And I mean, we were so inconsistent at the start of the season, going back to the start of December or even mid-November, we have been a consistent team. The problem is we've been consistently just about good enough and individual quality has has been good Solskjaer's done some some good tactical things he outthought Marcelo Bielsi outthought Klopp and and and, and others this is as, as you say it, it's the reality catching up with us it's the the law of averages and I mean I mean talking Arsenal specifically before a bit on Sheffield United I think it was more about execution than game plan I don't think Solskjaer got anything wrong I think changes probably could have come quicker in terms of the game plan, I think it was all right. And we came up against an Arsenal team who, who Solskjaer's United have always struggled to break down. He's yet to beat Arsenal in the league. And I think the game plan basically worked. We played okay, not amazingly. We just needed to convert our chances and we didn't. Cavani missed two, you'd expect him to score. Wambasaka missed a good heading opportunity. Rashford looked close to scoring a couple of times, but didn't. Uh, and this was not so bad in isolation, but in the context of Anfield, which was a missed opportunity, and Sheffield United, which was shocking, it, it's not a good result. Uh, the Arsenal game on its own, I think, is one of those sort of strange, bad results where it's kind of difficult to put your finger on exactly what went wrong. I don't think there was too many performances from the players that were glaringly bad, you know, maybe one or two, but no, nothing. It's not as if the entire team were, had a, had an off day. I don't think the, the system, the tactics were particularly bad. And you know, I think we did okay in, in nullifying Arsenal. And the performance wasn't awful. You know, we've had worse and, we, and we've had worse performances that we've ended up taking three points from. Go back to the, the Wolves games, which sticks out very clearly in my mind. But at the same time, it just felt... Like there was something missing throughout the entire 90 minutes. I mean, some of the chances we have, sure, on another day, we might score, you know, three or four if Cavani buries his two good chances. Rashford had a couple of times and he got in. Fred did a good uh, effort to tip around the post by Leno. But you can say the same for Arsenal too. You know, they hit the bar. De Gea had to make a couple of decent saves. It was a game, I think, of two teams that were very evenly matched, which isn't a great sign for United, although Arsenal have been on the rise recently. I think it, it's more just that, as you said, in isolation, you can deal with a nil-nil at the Emirates, but it was we just lacked, we seemed to lack that killer instinct and we lacked a little bit of of belief, I think, to fully go for it in the last think, 10, 15 yeah. minutes when you felt like the game was swinging well, we, in our we, favour. It, that game was there to be won and that's why it's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the first half when we were and dominating. I, I, defended, I defended United a lot being in a similar position at Anfield that when the game did seem like it was there for the taking, we didn't, you know, we didn't make too many attacking subs. We didn't go all out for the win. And I think that was acceptable at Anfield because of one, the position that we were in in the season, we were already three points ahead. And if we'd have conceded a goal on the counter-attack to Liverpool, that would have been worst case scenario. And I thought United were wrongly, harshly criticised for that. But I, I think actually 
it's completely fair to have that criticism against Arsenal, a team who, one, are much worse than Liverpool. Yeah. And two, in a situation where a win for us would have been huge and a draw doesn't really get us anything. Whereas at Anfield, a draw was actually fine. Yeah, yeah. It was just that sense. And I think you're right at Anfield. It, it felt like a missed opportunity, but one that you kind of accepted. Whereas this was a missed opportunity that is, is more difficult to accept. It's, it's a strange one because there, there was, it, I felt like we just carried too many passengers at the Emirates. There were a couple of players who, who did well. I think Harry Maguire had quite a good game. I think Juan Bissaka offered a lot in attack, even though he had a 15 minute spell where he looked deranged in defence committed an absolutely terrible late challenge <laughs> not terrible in terms of dangerous but just really out of character in how late he was given his timing of the tackle is normally so good and so consistent but Wambasaka had added quite a lot in attack Shaw had another good game but especially in attack just carrying too many passengers Cavani missing chances and, and not being involved as much as he normally is Fernandez was a, a complete passenger in that game Rashford was a passenger Martial didn't do much when he came on and that you can't do that and win games. I thought it, it showed a lot that, again, that we need a right winger. The, the balance of the side, even though Rashford can play on the right, you, you lose some quality from Marcus Rashford and it still doesn't get you the right balance of the team. And it, it's an urgent requirement in summer to find a proper quality right winger to, to give United some, some real balance to the side again. Yeah, it's just, it's glaringly obvious any time that we play... The, the right winger is, is just so desperately needed. I think what we're we're running up against at the moment is this sort of conundrum, which we spoke about before that. Ideally, you want your best players playing in their best positions. And our three best players, I think at the minute, especially in attack, are Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford and Paul Pogba. And if we take out Pogba for a second, because I think his best position is a little bit more of an enigma, Fernandes and Rashford, very clearly, their best positions are number 10 and left wing, respectively. The problem is if, the, is if you play Rashford at a left wing and Fernandes as a number 10, your right side then becomes a, a major, major problem. You know, we're then either yeah. left with trying to put Pogba out there, which is putting a square peg in a round hole. We can play Mata out there, maybe. Dan James out there, who's a bit more natural playing on the right, but, you know, the, the quality isn't quite up to scratch. And he's much more sort of a situational uh, player at this point. It's teams that would leave a lot of space in behind. Or you play Rashford on the right in the, with the idea that that makes the right side a little bit better than it otherwise would have been. But it also means that Rashford is not maximised. Yeah. And it means that the left side also comes down. So overall, the, the team might sort of have a little bit more going for it, but you sort of lose having one of your best players playing in their best position. That the need for a right winger is massive. It wouldn't just improve that right side. It would also improve the left because Rashford could then yeah. play in his natural position every week. I mean, how many times in the last four, five, six games has Rashford actually played on the left? It hasn't been that many because a lot of the times he's been sort of shoehorned out to the right where he's, it's just not comfortable for him. And you can see that in the way that he plays. Yeah. Sheffield United, a, a different a different subject entirely, I think. A streak of going behind in games caught up to us. And I think what was, what was so frustrating about Sheffield United, Arsenal was a missed opportunity, but Sheffield United was a different reality check. Um, but it was a reality check that we didn't expect to come at home to the league's bottom place side. And the, the, the real problem was they weren't that good, but they didn't have to be to beat a United team 
committing horrendous defensive mistakes and failing spectacularly to create anything of note. We spoke at length, I think it was after the West Ham game where we beat them 3-1. We spoke at length that day about how we should enjoy the fact that you know we have this great ability to be resilient and show great character and come from these early deficits. But that eventually we needed to sort out the issue because if we kept doing it, we were going to get found out. And you just, you cannot go over a whole season going behind in two out of every three games because eventually it's just not sustainable. And that that finally caught up with us. Didn't expect it, as you said, to happen against a, a very, very lowly Sheffield United team that have only won had only won one game all season before playing United at Old Trafford. I think what was so, so disappointing about Sheffield United, who, by the way, now have have scored two goals on two occasions this season, both of them have been against United, which is just ridiculous. I think what was so disappointing to me, it's one thing to go behind. We've had that a lot this season. And to some degree, as as annoyed and shocked as I am when that happens now, it's not not quite as much of a disaster as I would otherwise think because you sort of... expects that we're going to turn the game around the problem for me was that in watching that game I could not remember afterwards a single good chance that we created other than the goal yeah yeah and that I mean that is that is unacceptable against well really against any team but especially against a, a, a team who's bottom of the league won one game all season and that were defending on the edge of their own box for for 60 minutes and I don't mean that to say that it's easy to to break down deep blocks, but I think most top teams are kind of accept that throughout the season, you might have one or two games where a team sits deep on the edge of the box and through a combination of bad finishing, a great goalkeeping performance or sheer yeah. bad luck, you might not come out with a win. And it happens. This this wasn't in any of those three things. This was literally, we, we didn't create any good chances despite the fact that for 60 minutes, it was effectively defence against the yeah. attack. Yeah. And it, again, we were carrying passages in that game. I mean, against Arsenal, we, it was kind of, it was just a, a basic, quite a tepid team. I mean, it's, I guess it speaks volumes that we still probably should have won, even though we didn't play well. And that's a silver lining for an optimist. But against Sheffield United, it was, there was no standout players, I don't think. And it's interestingly, I think the Arsenal game was, showed the weakness in our attack. The Sheffield United game did as well, but showed the weakness in our defence. And to, to see that, to see kind of the whole team exposed in the space of a few days is a concern. And, and the, the, this next week is, is now really big. And, and, and I'm, I, was, I, was, I came down on, on Saturday morning and my housemate said, are you excited for the game today? And it shows you how quickly things change in football. Cause I said, no, I'm just kind of concerned. And that's true now going into games against Southampton and Everton, whereas waking up on the morning of the, Liverpool FA Cup game for once I was actually excited and, and looking forward to it and proved right because it, it was a fantastic game but it there's this feeling of in, impending the possibility of, of impending doom at United and, and the knowledge that it could we've seen teams do well this season and, and suddenly slip far far away Tottenham did it and the knowledge that that could happen and it, it requires good management and players to step up to stop that from happening now. 
Yeah, it's a it's a strange season because everything is so congested. The gap between sort of sixth and second is is tiny. And now we've we've got bailed out a little bit because Liverpool and Leicester are also in bad form. So even though we're losing ground to City, we aren't exactly doing what Spurs did and going from sort of first all the way down to sixth straight away. But it's a real concern, I think, that really in the new year, despite the fact that we've had some good results, I actually don't think we've had a great performance in 2021 yet. And that's a concern. I, you know, we, we've talked before about, about our luck and, and recovering from deficits can only go on for so long. And it's true. I, I think, you know, Bruno Fernandes' form is, is a big concern. I don't think he's he's been particularly bad. I don't think he's been, you know, should be uh, singled out for criticism above other players. But I think it's now five Premier League games in a row with no goal contributions, which for him is, for him alone is not uh, not normal. But especially for the whole United team, that, that yeah. is not a good sign because we have been so reliant on him to to come up with those magic moments. It is a concern. It really is. And I think, you know, it is important to keep perspective in that this is a really damaging week. But at the same time, being, well, we six points off City if they win their game in hand at this point, stage of the season, I I don't think we would have expected that still a few weeks ago. Oh, sorry, not a few weeks ago, at the start of the season. Yeah. I think what we're dealing with now is that because we got to the top of the league and went on a good run for, you know, a long time, we, we run beaten in the Premier League until this week since the end of November, sorry, the start of November. Yeah. But, so I think that, that changed expectations a little bit and it is important to keep in mind that, you know, I don't think any of us really expected us to win the title. No. I think most fans were excited to to be in the race and it was sort of a, almost a mysterious sort of journey of what if, you know, what can happen if we just keep winning? And we're definitely not out of it as well to, to yeah, say that. That's, but, if, if, if we now go on, to get six points from Southampton and Everton, which would be that that would be impressive against two good teams. Yeah. Then this is is just a minor blip. It's a it's a blip of a week. Yeah, and, and City have tough fixtures coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's this this balance because I didn't expect and don't expect us to win the league. On the other hand, I think it is a an incredible opportunity to do it for United. And yeah. there's a bit of, I, if, if I was in that United squad, I would be thinking this is our, our chance because Liverpool will be stronger next year. The whole league will be stronger next year and City are good this year, but they're not at their best. Well, I mean, they're at their best recently, but they had a, a they've had some dodgy spells and that means that that chance is there. And so there, there is that balance. And I think, I'm I'm not going to I don't want to say there will be regrets if United don't win the league but if if you kind of know what I mean if if United don't mount a serious challenge it yeah, it, it yeah. is a missed opportunity because this is the best chance we'll get unless we we really strengthen yeah, it, look, in the it summer. looks like there, there's a chance it looks like there's there's a chance that 80 points could win the Premier League this season you know we don't know how the rest of the season's going to go but that is sort of the state of the league at the moment, yeah. which is not normal. And that that alone is presents a great opportunity for us because we we don't need 95, 100 points to win the league as we would have done the last few seasons. And probably next season. Well, yeah. Um, I think it's tough. It's tough to know sort of where to set your expectations at the moment as a fan because you you want to to say, you know, we're Man United, that 
you know, expectation should always be to win the league. And especially when you're in a position, that should be what we're aiming for, uh, not what we're aiming for, sorry, but that should be what expectations are, are sort of based around. And so that means, you know, winning every game and not accepting blips like this week. Part of you also, I think, is of the mindset that this is still a young team that is most definitely whatever happens towards the end of the season on the rise and it's improving and, and is learning. And so a few blips here and there in, in a season of, of progression is okay. It is difficult to sort of yeah. know where to set your expectations. I think the biggest thing is that I, I want to see is just getting out of this pattern of bad performances. That's the, that's yeah. the worry to me. Yeah. I can deal with some bad results if the performance is there. It's that the, the signs going forward are, are worrying because it has been probably about a month since we've put in a genuinely good performance in the league. Yeah. I think, yeah, Villa at home was, wasn't bad, but again, five mods. Yeah. 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 That was, that was definitely the best one of, of, of this yeah. year. I think it is because there's, there's, we're always keen to look at the big picture and I think football has a, has leaned towards this tendency in the last few years with the kind of commonization of directors of footballs and sporting directors of, of the bigger picture and, and the manager is less important. The club project is more important. And, and I think that's a good thing when you're looking at the bigger picture is, is the right thing to do um, for us and, and, and as fans. On the other hand, I think in this kind of way of thinking that football is in now, you can sometimes lose the, the, the fact that, you basically have to adjust to what's going on. And I think, I think a a good United team would, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say because I'm conflicted myself, but I think United should be expecting to win the title because of the situation they they are now in. Um, And a good team won't do it. A, a, A great team would. And I think the reality is that we know that we're a good team and not a great team. Um, and I think that week has just kind of, con- this week has just kind of confirmed that. So maybe what I'm saying is completely futile. Um, so we should probably go to the youth load of women's roundup where I can talk without being so blabbery. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. I think that that's a, a great way to sum it up, really. This is a, a good <laughs> team and not a great team. And I think maybe we are more reliant on the other teams around us that have the potential to be great aka Man City and Liverpool to to only be good themselves this season. Yeah. And that is is sort of how we're we're in the title race. Yeah. And I mean let, let's not forget we had a very good run. And if if we now come back as we say this could just be a blip. Yeah, yeah. and that, and it's only two games. It's yeah. it's tough because the the two games have, have come back to back which makes it feel, you know, like a a huge thing. But it is important to remember that this is only two games and we, we still have only lost one league game since the start of November. If we yeah. now go on and win, go on a winning run again, this will all be forgotten in a few weeks. It's just the the fact that they've come back to back means the narrative is shown that this is a, a United team sort of on a, on a bit yeah. of a spiral. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we're unbeaten away in the league for a year now, which is a ridiculous record. It's just a shame that we drew instead of winning on Saturday. Right. Let's go to a youth loan and women's roundup. While United's under-18 saw their nine-game winning streak ended away at Burnley in a 1-0 defeat, the under-23s enjoyed a memorable victory against Liverpool. 
Joe Hugel's outstanding four-goal haul stole headlines from Ahmad Diallo, who was making his first appearance in a United shirt. Diallo put United in front against the run of play, pressing on the front foot, stealing the ball off Billy Kumateo, tearing towards the Liverpool goal and deftly finishing past Marcelo. Hugel doubled United's lead ten minutes later, Hannibal Medjbury starting the move, pressing and then tracking back, winning the ball, backheeling it to Arnaud Puigmont, who fed Hugel through and he finished just as well as Diallo past Marcelo again. By half-time, defensive errors allowed Liverpool to get back and then equalise. The second goal in particular was poor from Brandon Williams, Will Fish and Alvaro Fernandez. But after the break, it became the Joe Hugill show. Diallo fed a pass out to Fernandez, who pulled the ball back to Hugill. He finished brilliantly, opening his body up and directing his first-time shot high into the goal. His hat-trick came with a penalty, won by Hannibal Medjbury's good footwork, and the fourth came five minutes later. A tidy finish squeezed into the bottom left corner with his right foot. He didn't miss a chance all game. Four chances, four goals. He did have a fifth chance actually when Hannibal Medjbury won another penalty, but Hugo gave the spot kick to Diallo and he beat Marcelo with a confident Penenka. Diallo was good. Um, he's certainly exciting. Plays with speed in his pressing, passing, dribbling, footwork, speed in everything he does. Always looking for the quickest route to go. And Hugo, uh, what a performance for the 17-year-old. He's, he's a mature and economical striker and a great finisher. Liverpool did get one back later on and made it 6-3, uh, but it's a fantastic win for Neil Woodside. Medjbury, Puigmao and Shortire were all excellent as well as Diallo and Hugo. In low news, Ted and Mengi is set to join Derby County. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been happy to help Wayne Rooney in his first managerial role and Mengi will get a fantastic opportunity in the championship. I'm a big fan of his. Naturally blessed in terms of physical attributes like height, strength and pace, but Mengi's got an excellent reading of the game and passing ability as well. Uh, big fan of his and, and hopefully that will be a good time for him in the championship. Facundo Pellistri, meanwhile, has gone to Deportivo Alaves on loan too in Spain. That should also be good. Dees Chong has cut short his loan at Ver de Bremen and joined Club Bruges in Belgium. James Garner has ended his spell at Watford to join Nottingham Forest instead in the Championship. The first half of the season didn't really go well for United's loanees in truth. Hopefully the second half will be better. Ethan Laird is doing well at MK Dons at the moment. Manchester United have responded well to defeat against Chelsea in the Women's Super League. They followed it up with two victories. The latest, a 2-0 away win against Everton. Goals came from Ella Toon and Kristen Press. Unfortunately, Tobin Heath has been ruled out for 10-12 to 12 weeks with injury, which is a blow to United's title aspirations but Casey Stoney's team were particularly impressive in the first half against Everton one of their best performances for a while okay Jack we've spoken a bit about the importance of Southampton and Everton already Everton let's let's put aside for now because it's I guess the, the way we approach that is not the way we approach it but the way we approach it as fans is slightly different based on what happens on Tuesday night against Southampton at home the away game required a brilliant Edison Cavani performance to rescue us after we hadn't played badly in the first half, but had conceded. The concern is that United at home in the league struggled to score. We've got 13 goals scored at home this season and six of them came against Leeds. That will be the concern against Southampton. I don't think the concern is keeping, I expect Southampton to score one, but I think the concern is, can we create enough chances? The home, the home form is, is a, a massive, massive concern. And it, it's not just that there have been bad results, it's that they're all very similar results and that we just can't break teams down, we can't create chances. You would hope that, I think there's a couple of things at play here. One is that Southampton are, are not in great form, especially in the league. You know, they've quietly slipped all the way down to 11th after being in the top four about a month ago. I mean, they've won in the last like five or six league, league games. Um, and, and so that, there, there's that 
aspect of it that, you know, this is a little bit of an opportunity for us in that we have, we're getting Southampton at a good time. The other thing that I think is working slightly in our favour is that if Harsten Hootel sets his team up as he usually does, because there is a chance that he goes more, more conservative and just sets up in a deep block on the back of the, their bad form. But even though we aren't great at playing out against teams that press high like Southampton do, if we are able to get through that press, we hopefully will have a little bit more space to work in. Yeah, There is a chance, as I say, that he will set up Southampton in a deep block on the back of bad form and because it is well known at this point that we don't play very well against deep blocks. I don't think he will because Hasen Hürtel has so much faith in, in that style. It'll be difficult for us, I think, to get out, but if we are able to do it, Southampton have... They are. They haven't been defending great recently, and I think we have a chance there to to exploit some of the space that will be left if we are able to get out of that high press. Yeah, I. I'm kind of expecting a draw. Yeah, I. I want to say I'm actually going to be more positive. I think United are going to win. I think we're actually going to put in a, a decent performance. I think we'll. I think we'll win two 0 That is positive. I'd. Yeah. I've, uh, there's so many. Uh, I just think yeah. I think there's something. Something's got to give at, at United, and it, I might be I might be get, guessing the wrong way that it's going to give, <laughs> in that we're going to put in a good no, performance. I think it's, but you could see after the game the the frustration. Something's got. Yeah, to give and we spoke way. about how much the mentality has changed at the club in in the last year, and I completely stick by that. And I I say I'm expecting a draw, but I, I feel like I I still feel that confidence that I had before this week happened. A little bit. I'm just. I feel like I'm trying to hide it away by expecting a draw. But I. I do. The, the mentality in this team is so far improved, and it was disappointing that we didn't quite see it in in full throttle against Arsenal by coming back from a defeat and winning. And that's why it was frustrating. But but it has changed, and I do expect. Solskjaer always speaks well at times like this. He he has a way of managing to kind of balance emotions out, whether it's wins or, or defeats or draws. It it just requires United's players to start stepping up again. Bruno Fernandes yeah. needs to start playing well again. Marcus Rashford needs to uh, be playing well again. He, I mean, he was fantastic against Liverpool in the FA Cup, which wasn't so long ago. So, yeah. I mean, we just have to hope that this this was just a blip and that the confidence and we we deserved to be at the top of the table. And I, I don't want to forget that, even though we've kind of had a, an episode of of, of, of criticising. I think yeah the 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 thing for me is that you see the way that we reacted after the Arsenal game. You know, I know there's been a lot made of of this on Twitter that Fernandez just sort of threw his hand up and walked straight off the pitch, but that. That to me is a sign that, as I said, to, to kind of beat a dead horse here, something has got to give. You know, I, I think it could easily go wrong if we, say, have two or three more results like this and you sort of saw how frustration can get to this team in the Europa League semi-final last season where Fernandes and Lindelof sort of go into it with each other. But I think it could so easily go the other way as well that this frustration is the sort of motivation and all it takes is one good performance, especially if we can get an early goal yeah. to sort of turn all of this around. That is huge. We've said this so many times this season that this United team is so, so different if we can get an early goal in any game really, but especially at home, you know, if we get an early goal, then all bets are off. We saw it against Leeds. I mean, I know Leeds is a bit of an outlier because of the way they play, but yeah. it's when we, it's when you go in at half time having not scored that things really start to become a worry and those frustrations can easily boil over. But if we can get off to a fast start against Southampton, then I, I have faith that this team has 
it has the capabilities that it needs. And I hope that the combination of the the bad form that Southampton are in and also the way they play might lend yeah. itself to us being able to get out of this run of uh, a bad form. Yeah. Well, you've convinced me. I'm optimistic now. Six points in a week <laughs> and beat Southampton and Everton and suddenly things will be looking rosy again and we'll look like idiots for being critical. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a strange balance because we were doing well, but there were obviously issues and it's just those issues have been exposed this week. And yeah, they, they were obvious areas we knew we needed to improve on, but we'd managed to get by without having improved. And I mentioned it last the, week that the, the narratives change so much based on, on results when actually that isn't, yeah. That isn't that. That isn't the majority of what you see. You know, Cavani turning in one of those chances Another would probably one, yeah. completely change not only the narrative of, of articles written and what fans think, but also of what we we're saying. You know, we we try to sort of pride ourselves on being a bit more, you know, stand stand back a little bit from sort of the swings of of results and try and look at the bigger picture a bit more. But it's it, it's impossible to completely extricate yourself from that you know if, if Cavani buries one of those chances I'm sure the tone of this episode would have been very different absolutely yeah. and so it is tough you know football is a game of, of, of fine margins and I think we probably both got a bit not not both as in the two of us but we I think we probably all got both a bit too excited on some of the results we were having when the performances weren't great but yeah. also probably a little bit too down after this week when Sheffield United was bad yeah. Arsenal I don't think was quite as bad yeah, as, agree, yeah. as we think yeah well, uh, we've 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 said it all season, and we'll say it again: a season of fine margins, a team where fine margins are kind of what sums us up. And I think I think what's interesting is at the start of the season, if you asked me to sum up Manchester United in short, I'd say inconsistent, inconsistent, but with moments of brilliance. And now I'd say consistently just about better than the opposition fine margins um, so we'll wrap it up there uh, Jack people can find you on Twitter for your thoughts throughout the week on the Southampton game and Everton game uh, at at UTD takes T-A-I-T and you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD weekly pod that's P-O-D at the end there right we'll be back next week when Manchester United have won two consecutive games and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's name is being sung round um, not to the tune of <laughs> Gimme Gimme A Man After Midnight which will be Edison Cavani but we'll speak to you then goodbye Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.